And while you're turning there, let's pray over these tithes and offerings. Father God, we thank you right now for the opportunity to give. We give you glory, honor, and praise, Jesus. Right now, receive this and multiply it, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> while you're turning there, also, I'm asking you to pray that uh, God would grant me some big wisdom. There is some things in the work right, works right now that uh, are exciting, but I need great, great wisdom, so y'all pray for me, okay? I'm not going to get into details until it becomes reality, but um, God is a keeper of His Word. I will just say that. Okay, Romans chapter 7. And while you're turning there, let me tell you, we've been talking about, we started a new series, The Abundant Life. And we're talking about practical things. We talked about health last Wednesday. Tonight, we're going to talk about practical prayer. Practical prayer. But I'm going to bring it the way the Lord has given it to me. He wanted me to bring this a specific way tonight. Okay? And I started to go off and start studying different things in prayer, about prayer, etc., etc. And the Holy Ghost would not let me do that. He gave me the steps, the words, and the scriptures to bring to you tonight. Okay? Praise God. How many of you want the abundant life? <laughs> then you have to have a prayer life. You, you cannot experience the abundant life that God wants for you if you have no prayer life. It's impossible. Because your flesh will control you all the time. Romans 7. The Apostle Paul writing. And let's start in verse 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that, I, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. Have you ever been there? If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. What it says about me is correct. It condemns me. And by the way, the law is in place and it will always be in the place. It has never been taken out of place. It is in place today. And its purpose is to condemn us, show our need for a Savior. So, he says, if then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it's good, it's right, it's, it's exposed who I really am. Verse 17, now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. No good thing. For to will is present with me. Amen. But how to perform that which is good I find not. I have the desire to do what's right. But it seems to just escape my grasp constantly. For the good that I would I do not. But the evil which I would not that I do. Now if I do that I would not. It is no more I that do it. But sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law, say a law, that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members 
warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Now I want you to get that because the, the word tonight is going to be heavy, but it's not condemnation. Okay? So he says, but watch this. He said, therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit, life in the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you right now, Lord God, because you're going to speak to our church tonight. I give myself to you, Father. A vessel, God, to be used by you. God, that you would speak to every heart in this place. Would you just lift your hands right now and worship him. He is in this house. He is in you tonight. God, I give you the glory and the honor and the praise and the worship. In Jesus' name, amen. And as you're being seated, the subject tonight or the title of the message is the death trap. The death trap. In Romans chapter 7, the Apostle Paul and chapter 8 gives us four laws. He gives us, he talks about the law of God, number one. It's holy, it's right, it's good. Then he talks about the law of the mind, which is your conscience. Conscience. Then he talks about the law of sin and death. Then he talks about the law of the Spirit. Now, you can have the desire or the want to do what's right. But just because you have a desire to do what's right doesn't mean that you're always going to do that. And the reason is because your fallen nature is very strong in you. To not only give you the capability of sinning or doing what's wrong and not doing what's right... But it literally, there's a drive in you. It's a law. It's called the sin nature. And it drives you away from God. And it drives you into disobedience. So your conscience, the law of your mind is telling you, yeah, this is the law of God. This is the word of God. And your conscience is saying, yes, that's what you need to do. You need to obey that. You need to do that. You need to walk that way. 
your mind's telling you that and your conscience is telling you that. But that powerful sin nature that's in us is more powerful than the law of your conscience. It's more powerful even if you know what's right and wrong. The sin nature in you is so powerful that you will be not just capable of doing what you don't want to do. And not doing what you should do. But you'll be driven that way. It will overpower your life. And I'm talking to you as Christians. The only, only way to have an abundant life in Christ is to be walking in the law of the Spirit. Because that's where your victory is. It's, it's walking in the Spirit. It's not following after the flesh or seeking the desires of the flesh. But it's seeking the will of the Spirit and walking in the Spirit and yielding to the Spirit of God. And that comes through prayer and submitting yourself to the Word of God. But specifically through prayer. Build up yourself in the most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. If you're not praying and I'm not praying, I don't care how much I want to do right, I won't do it. And I don't care how much I don't want to do the wrong, I will end up doing it. Because just knowing what's right and wrong doesn't give you the power over that very strong sin nature that's in you. The only thing that can give you the victory over your sin nature is the Spirit of God that's in you and walking full of the Spirit and being under the control of the law of the Spirit and not letting that sin nature dominate you and control you. And in a sense, you are in a death trap because Jesus is inside of you, the Spirit of God is inside of you, but you still have a sin nature inside of you that is not only capable, but really drives you to disobey God and to walk away from God and to live a life separate from God. Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you here? Even as Christians, we're in a death trap. We have not made it yet all the way yet. We don't have a glorified body yet. We, we're not in a dimension right now where the, uh, the sin nature is no longer in us. We've still got a sin nature. You have got the capability, and not only the capability, but the compulsion inside of you to walk away from God tonight and be lost. Even though you are a Christian now, that sin nature, you need to understand how powerful that is. And willpower is not enough to live the Christian life. You will find after a while that your willpower isn't strong enough. That's why a lot of people, they'll go along for a little while, and they're on fire for God, you know, and they're in church, you know, and they're excited about living for the Lord, and they'll do that for a little while, but what they're doing is sometimes they're trusting in their willpower. I made up my mind, and you need to have a made up mind, and you need to exercise your will toward the things of God. But you will find that your willpower and a made up mind is not enough to keep you walking this walk. The only thing that's going to give you power over that strong sin nature that we've got is walking in the Spirit and building up yourself in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So if you don't have a prayer life tonight, I'm telling you, you're relying on willpower. And if you're relying on willpower, you're going to come up short. And that's what Paul said.
He said, I desire to obey the word of the law of God. I desire to do what's right. He said, but there's something inside of me, the law of sin and death, that keeps me from doing what's right and drives me to do what's wrong. And then he finally gets at the end of this, and he is so frustrated. Have you ever been there? He is just so frustrated with the Christian walk that he just basically says this, Who shall deliver me from this body of this death? I need deliverance, Paul says. Says, I know what I'm supposed to do and I know what I'm not supposed to do. And he says, I want to obey the word of God. But he said, there's something more powerful in me that won't let me do that. That's why the lie of Satan in the Garden of Eden comes into this passage here. He, remember the Bible says this. God warned Adam and Eve. Said, you eat of that tree. You with me here? The tree of knowledge of good and evil. You shall surely die. And then Satan comes along and says, you shall not surely die. You're going to be like God. Knowing good and evil. Got a knowledge of good and evil. But the devil did not tell Adam and Eve one thing. Yes, they would have a knowledge of good and evil. But when they disobeyed God, then they would get a sin nature. They might know right and wrong, but they wouldn't have the power to do the right that they knew. They wouldn't have the power to not do the wrong that they knew. Do you understand that? So just to have a knowledge of what's right and what's wrong tonight is not going to get you to the end of their destiny. There's a lot of people in this church that got knowledge of the word and you know right and you know wrong. But you're finding out that you're getting very frustrated. And the reason is because you're not praying. You don't have a relationship with the Spirit. You have a relationship with your willpower. You have a relationship with knowing what's right and what's wrong. That's what you've got. But you don't have a relationship with the Spirit. And the Spirit of God is the only thing that's going to give you power over that sin nature. So you're walking in a death trap. See, there's a lot of people I want you to know that are in hell tonight who knew right from wrong. There are a lot of people, friend, that are backslid in the world tonight. They know the Word of God inside and out. They used to sit on pews, Pentecostal pews, right beside some of you. But they're not here tonight. You know why? Because somewhere along the line, they lost the relationship. They got the religion down. They know the doctrine. They got that down. They know right and wrong. They know they got that down. And they're trying to walk in willpower. But they have no relationship. So they fall away from the Lord God Almighty. And some of them are in hell tonight knowing more about the Bible than you know. There are preachers in hell tonight that know more about the Bible than I'll probably ever know in my life. But they're in hell tonight because they did not cultivate a spiritual walk and relationship. They gave themselves to the flesh. Whatever the flesh wanted, they went after the flesh. They let their, come on somebody. 
They let the fallen nature take control of their life. And because of that, they're backslid tonight. So I'm telling you, no matter what your intentions are, whatever good intentions you've got, praise the Lord for them. But that's not going to get you to heaven. You're going to have to have a relationship with God. Not just a knowledge of the Bible. Not just a knowledge of what's right and what's wrong. Not just coming to church. You're going to have to get to a place where you walk with Jesus in your life. If you don't, you will become extremely frustrated because you're tired of trying. God never told us to try. God told us to overcome. And the only way that you can overcome is by a relationship with God. Thank God for a knowledge of the word. Thank God for a desire to do what's right. But that's not enough. Because the sin nature of the law of sin and death is more powerful than your conscience. And it's more, listen, listen to me. It's more powerful than the word of God. You didn't hear what I just said. It's more powerful than the law of God himself. You can read the word of God and still walk away and not obey it. That's how, that's how strong that sin nature is. If reading your, look, come on. If reading the Bible is all you needed and knowing right and wrong is all you needed, everybody just about would make it. But Paul's trying to show you the frustration of an apostle who knew the Bible inside and out. But he cries out to God, who's going to deliver me from this body of this death? I'm in a death trap. And he finally comes to the conclusions. It's by the Spirit. It's yielding to the Spirit of God. It's walking with the Spirit of God. And when you get full of the Spirit of life... It will conquer the spirit or the law of sin and death. It'll give you the victory and the power to do what you know is right and to resist the evil that you know that is wrong. But if you're not walking in the spirit, you will never make it. You'll throw your hands up in frustration and say, I can't do this. Well, I got good news for you tonight. You can't do it. That's what Paul's trying to get you to understand. You can't do it on your own. You've got to have a walk in the spirit of the living God to have life in you. And somewhere in this life journey, if you're not walking in the spirit and you don't have a relationship with the Lord and you're not praying in this journey, you could die and be lost in a moment. The world out there is constantly screaming. It's screaming at you. It's telling you, come on back and join us. Be a part of our society. Be a part of the passing, fading world of this present age. I want you to know, and demon powers are speaking to you tonight. I didn't come to play church. I came to be the church. And you're in a real spiritual battle for your soul. There are demon powers that are talking to you. The world's screaming at you. Say, come on back and be a part of us. Temptation everywhere. And you know what's right. And you know what's wrong. But that's not enough. You're going to have to have something more powerful in you. And that's the Holy Ghost. 
That's a life where you're full of the Spirit. Where you're praying and you're fasting. You're putting this body under subjection. You're beating it back in blue. You're not letting it have its way. So Paul says, who shall deliver me from this body of this death? And he says, I thank God through Jesus Christ, my Lord. The victory comes through having a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Say, give God some praise. And pursuing the things of the spirit. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. But to be carnally minded is death, the Bible says. I can choose tonight to walk in my carnal mind. And what it produces for me is not life but death. But I can also choose tonight to walk in the spirit. And when I begin to walk in the spirit, then that brings abundant life to me. And I'm no longer frustrated by trying to keep the law of God on my own. I can't do it. And that's what God wants you to know. That's why Paul says, he said, when the law came, it slew me. He said, it killed me dead. I thought I could do it on my own. I thought I was strong enough. I thought I was good enough to do it, to live it. Paul said, I can't. And if Paul says he couldn't, you can't either, nor can I. Praise God, you got to have a relationship. That's why I'm telling you tonight that not everybody makes it on this journey. Because somewhere down the road, they get carnal. They get lukewarm. They get backslid in their spirit. Sitting on a Pentecostal pew. See, you backslide before you ever backslide out there. You backslide in the church. Give God some praise. And I assure you, because you know what's right and wrong, you want to do what's right. And you're not setting up and not planning on backsliding. You're not thinking about how you can backslide. You don't have to. All you got to do is stop praying. All you got to do is stop worshiping. All you got to do is stop having a relationship with him. And it's automatic. You'll be out the door. I said it's automatic. You'll be out the door. You don't have to try to backslide. You will backslide if you don't have a relationship. So Paul's talking about this death trap, this body that he finds himself that's got that sin nature in him. But he says, oh, here's the victory. Walking in the spirit. And the picture is really interesting here that Paul's talking about. He said, who shall deliver me from this body of this death? In that culture, in that day, if you, like, for example, killed somebody, they would take that dead body and they would chain that dead body on you as a punishment. And you would walk around with that dead body, carrying that dead body everywhere you went. And pretty soon that dead body, the carcass of that dead body, the flesh as it's decaying and dying, would begin to eat into your flesh. And the decay that was in that body would begin to enter into your body. And you would have the same decay. And so death that's in that body would begin to take over your body. And pretty soon before it's all over, you're dead with a corpse on your back. Because that death body has destroyed you slowly by decay and death. You with me here tonight? And you are carrying around tonight a dead body. You inside of you, you have a sin nature. You have a, you're in a death trap right now. And if you don't get a hold of this tonight, you will not make it. The Lord's telling me to tell you there's practical prayer. 
You've got to make time to pray. We can be Bible scholars and spend all kinds of time in studying the word of the Lord and coming to church. But if we're not praying, we're going to die. We're never going to make it. Give God some praise. Because you're carrying around with you a dead body. I said you're carrying a dead body with you. And when you walk in the spirit, though, it comes life. And that life overpowers the death that's inside of you. And the Lord began to talk to me. He said, there was a man that is a perfect example of, of somebody who did not make it, who was in a death trap. And his name was Judas Iscariot. Judas Iscariot was chosen by God to be one of the 12 disciples to walk with the Lord in life. Judas Iscariot saw the miracles of Jesus. He heard the words of Jesus. He saw the power of Jesus manifesting in life. Are you with me? He walked with him. He slept with him. He ate with him. Everything, everywhere Jesus went. Judas Iscariot was with Jesus. But Judas did not make it. He was walking in a death trap. Give God some praise. What could have been if Judas Iscariot had cultivated a prayer life? What could have been if Judas would have been a prayer? And if he would have been a worshiper, a praiser? What he, I'm going to show you tonight what he could have been. But what happened to him was he committed suicide. He died because he was a death trap. But it didn't have to happen that way. Give God some praise. John 12, John 12, the Bible says this, or John 13, watch this. The Bible tells me in verse 26, Jesus answered, He it is to whom I shall give a sop when I have dipped it. And when he had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. The Bible says, are y'all with me here? Verse 27, and after the sop, Satan entered into him. Then said Jesus unto him, that that thou doest do quickly. Now no man at the table knew for what intent he spake this unto him. For some of them thought because Judas had the bag. Say they, because he, they thought that he, because he had the bag. Say Judas had the bag. That Jesus had, had said unto him by those things that we have need of against the feast. Or that he should give something to the poor. Now, what I want you to understand is this. This word bag, literally, this is the Greek word for the bag. It is glossacoma. Glossacoman. And you know what it means? Glossacoman literally means this. It means a case in which to keep mouthpieces of wind instruments. It means a small box for other uses, especially a casket, a purse to keep money in. Now what happened here, you know the story. Judas Iscariot walked out of the light. He walked away from the light of the world and he went into darkness to betray the Lord Jesus Christ. The bag that he carried was a bag that you put wind instruments in. 
Are you with me tonight? What I'm trying to tell you is this. Is that he exchanged for greed. He exchanged his worship. Instead of the bag carrying the wind pops of praise. Instead of the bag carrying the wind pops of prayer. Judas Iscariot reached in. And every time he reached into that bag for wind pops. He pulled money out that did not belong to him. And ultimately that bag that was supposed to carry wind pipes to praise the Lord with, to worship the Lord with, became his casket or became his death trap. That bag right there represented to Judas Iscariot that he should be a man of prayer. He should be a man of the spirit. He should be a man of the wind. Because when you talk about a wind pop, you're talking about a person who's under the control of the wind of the spirit. Every time he reached into that bag for wind instruments and he pulled out money. Oh, come on, somebody. And stole from the Lord of glory. Every time he did that, a little bit of his prayer life went. A little bit of his praise went. And pretty soon at the very end, it became his casket. It became his death trap. Are you with me right now? The Lord's trying to show you tonight the importance of being a man of the Spirit, to being a woman of the Spirit, to be led by the Spirit and not by the flesh. Be a person who has a prayer life, a person who's a praiser, somebody that walks in the wind, somebody that walks in the Spirit, not in the flesh. Because that bag can become your casket. That body you're carrying right now can become your death trap. It can become your casket. You've got to understand the seriousness of what God's trying to tell you tonight. You are walking in this life. And if you don't, come on, if you don't walk with Jesus, you're not going to make it. You're walking in a death trap. You could die before you get home tonight in a car accident. You better make sure you're right with the Lord. You better make sure you're right with the Lord. That blew my mind when God started speaking to me about Judas Iscariot. And I went over and I pulled that word on the bag up. And it not only talked about the wind instrument, which speaks of prayer, the man of the spirit, the man of the wind. But it speaks of the casket also. And it's in relationship to Judas Iscariot. Choose life tonight. Don't choose. See, some of y'all are so far out, I can't get you here. I can't get you here. I can't get you here. You're so, you're, you're in the flesh right now, so the flesh has so dominated you. Your flesh is so dominant. I can't get a hold of your spirit tonight. You're not hearing what God's trying to tell you tonight. You need to be a person of prayer. You need to be a worshiper. You need to be a praiser. If you don't, then it will become death to you or a casket. It's prayer and praise and relationship. What he's saying is that or it's death. It's prayer, praise, and worship and blowing the wind pipe of the Spirit or it's a casket. You got to make up your mind. It's a relationship with the Spirit of the Lord God or it's a death trap. It's a casket. Somebody hear what God's trying to tell you tonight. Wake up. Don't be a Judas Iscariot. Give God some praise. Now go over to Acts 1. Now Acts 1 talks about Judas Iscariot. 
Here's what it says. Beginning there, verse 15, it says, And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, The number of names together were about 120. Verse 16, Men and brethren, this scripture must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judas, which was God to them that took Jesus. For he was numbered with us and obtained part of this ministry. Did you hear what he just said? Men and brethren, the scripture must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judas, which was God to them that took Jesus. You've got to understand something. This man delivered Jesus up, and when they took Jesus, they took Jesus away from him. Because he was a man of the flesh, he was not a man of the spirit. He was not a man of the windpipe. He was not a man of prayer. He was not a man of praise. And because that, the flesh came. The flesh, oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. The flesh came and took Jesus away from Judas Iscariot. The flesh wants to take Jesus away from you tonight. I said it wants to take Jesus away from you tonight. Give God some praise here tonight. You're in a death trap. You're in a death trap. Inside of you dwells no good thing. The only good thing is Jesus. And your flesh will take Jesus away from you. It's going to be a prayer or a praise, a mouth instrument, or it's going to be the flesh taking Jesus away from you tonight. Give God some praise. It's life or it's death. I said it's life or it's death. Watch this. Now, here's what he says. Verse 17, for he was numbered with us. He was a part of the church, so to speak. Just get the point here. Just get the point here, all right? He was numbered with us. He wasn't a stranger to Jesus. He wasn't a stranger to the disciples. He wasn't a stranger to the assembly of the congregation of the righteous. He wasn't a stranger to prayer. He wasn't a stranger to the miracles of Jesus. He was not a stranger. He was numbered with them. But he did not make it because the flesh came and took Jesus away from him. Give God some praise. I feel the Holy Ghost tonight. I'm going to tell you right now. The Holy Ghost is going to overpower the flesh that's in this house. The Holy Ghost is going to overpower the stuff that's in this house. It goes on. It says this. He was numbered with us and had obtained obtained part of this ministry. He was part in the ministry. The Bible says, Now this man purchased a field with the reward of iniquity and falling headlong. Say, are you with me? He was numbered. He's not now. He was, but he's not now. The Bible said he burst asunder in the midst, falling. Watch. Now this man purchased a field with the reward of iniquity and falling headlong. He burst asunder in the midst. All his bowels gushed out. 
And it was known unto all the dwellers at Jerusalem insomuch as that a field is called in their proper tongue Akeldama, that is to say the field of blood. For it is written in the book of the Psalms, let his habitation be desolate and let no man dwell therein and his bishopric let another take. He lost his bishopric, he lost his habitation, he lost his his spiritual position, he lost it all. Now listen to this tonight church. He could have been a man of the spirit. When Jesus walked out of the upper room that night, after having administered the Lord's Supper to his disciples, He walked out and he went to a place of prayer. But Judas wasn't with him in the prayer meeting. You know why? Because Judas, before the prayer meeting ever took place, Judas was overcome by his flesh. And then the Bible says, having been overcome by his flesh, he now becomes possessed by the devil. See, you're first overcome by your flesh before you're ever possessed by a devil. He's overcome by his flesh and the Bible said Satan entered into him. You need to understand he had a bishopric that he lost. He had a ministry that he lost. He lost it all. And he walked out that night to betray the Lord Jesus. And he never made it to the prayer meeting. If he had made it to the prayer meeting. If he would have had a prayer life before that prayer meeting that night. I believe that Judas would have been one of the inner circle of the disciples that Jesus went out with to pray. Are you hearing me tonight? But I don't see Judas ever having a prayer meeting in the New Testament. He could have been one of the inner circle, but he was not at that prayer meeting. You remember the story how Jesus took uh, Peter, James, and John a certain distance from the other disciples and he fell down there and prayed. And what do you say? Not my will, but your will be done. He submitted his will to the will of the Spirit. You've got to learn to submit your will to the Spirit. You've got to learn to be controlled by the Spirit. You can't be controlled by your own will. You can't be controlled by your flesh. Because if you're controlled by your own will and your own flesh, it will lead you to the same place that Judas ended up. And that is overpowered by your flesh and then possessed by a devil. You've got to hear it. If he had had a prayer meeting, if he had had those wind instruments, in that bag and every once in a while as Jesus oh I feel the Holy Ghost as Jesus was delivering the word of the Lord if Judas Iscariot would have reached in that bag instead of pulling money out if Judas would have reached in there and pulled out a wind instrument and begin to worship the Lord and praise God As he was hearing the word of the Lord, if he would have responded to the word of the Lord, it would have been different. You see, I'm trying to tell you, you can hear it, you can know it, right and wrong, but you still can end up like Judas Iscariot. If you don't have a 
wind instrument to praise the Lord. If you're not responding to the word, if you're not praying to the Lord, you will end up falling to your flesh and become demon possessed. I'm telling you tonight, what could have been if he'd have had a prayer life? What could have been if he'd have done something different with the bag than pulling out the money and stealing it? If he'd, have pulled, if he'd have become a wind instrument of prayer and praise unto Jesus, I got news for you. He would have never fallen. Because, come on. Give God some praise tonight. But now we find him in an upper room. And the prophecy goes forth that one is going to betray Jesus from the very lips of Jesus himself. He says, one of you going to betray me. And now one disciple after another disciple says, is it high? Is it high? Is it high? Is it high? They were all worried about it. They were all concerned. Because you know why? Because they knew that they were capable of it. They knew their flesh was capable of it. They knew they were living in a death trap. They didn't look over there and say, hey, is it this guy here? Oh. And we know, you know, Peter, he kind of gets this spirit about him at the end there. He says, well, though everybody else betray you, not me. Not me. Not me. I, I don't think I'm capable of doing that. But guess what? Before it's all over, all the disciples forsook him, including the apostle Peter. You know why? Because your flesh and your fallen nature is much more stronger than you realize. You have the capability to betray Jesus tonight. If you're not walking in the spirit, if you're not praying and praising God. You can't ever get to a place where you think you got it made. You don't need to pray. You don't need to praise. You don't need to respond. You can just come here and go through the motion. No. You have the capability of doing the same thing that Judas Iscariot did. Give God some praise tonight. And I believe the only thing that kept these other disciples from becoming Judas Iscariot is because you find them with Jesus in a prayer meeting. And because they weren't prayed up enough, he gave them the answer. He said, watch with me. Pray with me. The Spirit indeed is willing. But the flesh is weak. You get in situations and you think, I would never act like that. I would never do that. And you find if you're not praying, you find if you're not worshiping, that you do the very thing that you did not want to do, that you didn't even think you were capable of doing, because the spirit is not controlling your life. The flesh is. Give God some praise. Where I see Judas walking and he walks out of church. He walked out of church that night. He did not participate in the prayer meeting that night. But Peter, James, and John, they at least went to the prayer meeting. They went to sleep, but they went to the prayer meeting. The other disciples went to, come on, they went to sleep, but at least they went to the prayer meeting with Jesus. Give God some praise. 
They had a desire for the spirit. I said they had a desire for the spirit. They had a desire for the spirit. They understood that their flesh was weak. Come on, the spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. At least they had a desire for the spirit. Show up in prayer. They might have gone to sleep, but at least they showed up for prayer. Give God some praise. And this man, Judas Iscariot, he dies a terrible death. His habitation is taken away and nobody can take that habitation. The Bible says though somebody would take his bishopric, they would fill his apostleship. They would complete his apostleship. Give God some praise tonight. And you will see that this man could have been a man of the spirit if he had prayed and worshipped the Lord with the instruments of, of the wind. Say the instruments of the wind. But he did not do it. He gave himself to the flesh and then gave himself to the devil. Give God some praise tonight. And the men that were with Jesus Christ that night in the Garden of Gethsemane who were with him at that prayer meeting. Those men made it back. The Bible said Judas Iscariot never made it back. He never made it back to his habitation. His soul became a wilderness. He went out into his wilderness and he never made it back. Don't ever talk like that. Don't ever say, well, I might pray with backsliding and then, you know, I think I'll make it back. Judas never made it back to the church again. He walked away from the church never to make it back again. He was not a man of prayer, a man of the spirit. He was a man of the flesh. And he never made it back. Never. But we see these other men, these other disciples gathered there after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. We see them in the book of Acts. The Bible said now is about 120 have gathered there together. Praise God. And at different times, you know what they were doing? Waiting for the Holy Ghost. They were tearing for the wind. They were tearing for the Spirit. They were tearing for the power of Pentecost. They were tearing for Jesus. Jesus is Pentecost. Jesus is the wind. Jesus is the Holy Ghost. Jesus is the fire. Jesus is the Word. And so in the upper room, they stayed together in the upper room. John Mark's house. And you know what they would do? They had a prayer meeting. Pray, and they prayed, and they prayed, and they prayed. The Bible says they prayed. Are you with me here today? And then all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost is poured out on the day of Pentecost. And they're all filled with the wind, with the Spirit. And they became wind instruments. They began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. And they've entered into the dimension of the Spirit and the life of the Spirit and the kingdom of God. Judas Iscariot could have been one of them. He carried the bag that held the wind instruments in it. But they're praying and he's not. They're worshiping and he's not. They're assembling and he's not. 
He walked away from all of it. On the day of Pentecost, he could have been with them. He could have got the Holy Ghost. He could have got the wind of the Spirit in him, just like they did. He could have been standing there with them, with 120 speaking in tongues and worshiping God. But he was not a man of the wind. He was a man of the flesh. He was not a man of the spirit. He was a man of the carnal. And eventually became possessed by demons. When they're on the day of Pentecost standing there speaking with other tongues. The Bible says, when the Bible says that we speak in tongues. The word is connected to the bag. I said the word is connected to the bag. It sends you back to Judas Iscariot who carried the bag. The word bag is glossocomen. When it says in the Bible and they all spake in tongues. The word there is glossolalia. So it's connected with the bag. So now the wind has entered inside of these people. They have become literally the containers. The carriers of God's spirit. And they're prayer warriors. I said they're prayer warriors. And they're praisers. And they are people of the wind. People of the spirit. They have become the wind instruments. And there they are speaking in tongues. As a result of a supernatural wind flowing inside and out of them. Now they're glossolalia speaking in tongues. To speak in tongues is a supernatural thing. You know what? We as Pentecostals, we get the Holy Ghost. And we walk around speaking in tongues. And if we're not careful, it's no big deal to us. Because we've had it, you know, for years. And we pray in tongues. And as Corinthians says, we pray in tongues. And we praise in tongues. And we sing in tongues. And you know what? If we're not careful after a while, it, it's no longer supernatural to us. It's no longer a big deal to us. We've been doing it for years. You know what I'm talking about? And as some of us haven't spoken in tongues for years. I said four years. Because we took it lightly. But when you get filled with the wind of God and you begin to speak in the, another tongue, it is gosselalia. It is a supernatural wind. It is the wind of heaven. It's nothing to take lightly. It's a powerful, awesome experience when you're walking around, praying in tongues, praying in the Holy Ghost, speaking another language. You are speaking a heavenly language. You are, you are speaking the language of the wind. That's why it's called glossolalia. Because you're speaking the language of the wind. And it's not a natural wind. It's Jesus. He is the wind of God. You are speaking the language of the wind. Judas, if he would have prayed and would have blown those wind instruments of praise, he could have become, come on somebody, somebody that speaks the language of the wind. 
but he lost his ministry. He lost his apostleship. He lost it all. He backslid and never made it back. He went into a howling wilderness. He should have been the garden of God where the wind of God blows on the day of the Lord. It was the day of the Lord that day when the wind of the Spirit came walking in the garden in the midst of the day. And what God was trying to show Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden way back a long time ago is now happening in the church. Now the Spirit of the Lord is walking in the cool of the day or literally in the wind of the day or the spirit of the day. So now they are experiencing what Adam and Eve lost in the Garden. Give God some praise in this house. I'm coming in here like the wind of the day. I'm going to bring in a brand new day. I'm going to bring a new age in. I'm going to bring a new society in. Thank God for revelation tonight. Thank God that he's speaking to us tonight. He's unfolding the scripture to us as we're preaching right now and giving us illumination to things never I've never seen in my life. He's here tonight to, to walk in the wind of the day. So that you can speak the language of the wind. You're speaking in tongues and it's supernatural. Friend, when you're standing there speaking in tongues, the Bible said you'll speak with tongues of men and of angels. To speak with the tongue of an angel means you're speaking a heavenly language. That's the language that God communicates with angels in the realm of the heavens. So when you're caught up in the wind of the Spirit, what He literally does is He takes you in the dimension of heaven where you are seated together. In heavenly, in Christ Jesus. So when I begin to speak in tongues, as the Spirit gives the utterance, I am literally translated in the dimension of the Spirit, where angels talk with God, and God talks with angels in a language that only the wind can understand. I said it's a language only the wind can understand. And Judas missed it all. Because he was a man after the earth and not after the spirits. His focus was this present hour. His focus was real estate. He purchased a piece of land with the blood money that he betrayed Jesus with. His focus was the temporary. His focus was the earth. He was not a man of the heavens and not a man of the spirit. And because what he could have been, what he could have been. Give God some praise. neglect the gift that is in thee by the laying on the hands of the presbytery don't neglect the gift you've got the gift you are the people who speak the language of the spirit the language of the wind the language of angels 
the language of the heavenly moving in the dimensions of heaven friend oh come on somebody the Bible says after the day of Pentecost they were all filled with the Holy Ghost as this and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. But the Bible said there was a sound as of a rushing mighty wind. It's, con it's connected to the bag, Judas. Don't you get it, Judas? It's connected to the bag. It's either going to be a bag of praise and prayer or it's going to be a casket. Rasakoma literally means a wind instrument bag or a casket. It's going to be, you're going to be a wind instrument for God. Speaking in the language of the wind or you will end up in a casket controlled by your flesh. Only focused on this present life. Amen. Going after real estate. That's not real estate at all. It's not real estate. It's a passing, fading world. You know where the true, real estate is? It's found in the risen, the one who once was dead but now is alive, who now has poured out his spirit into the earth. And this present fading world that screamed for Judas Iscariot screams for you tonight to be focused on the temporary and the earthly. And don't be focused on the spirit and forget speaking in tongues. It sounds strange to you anyway. But I want you to know, friend, you need to understand how powerful this is. How awesome it is to, to move in a place of prayer where you speak in tongues. Some of you say, well, pastor, I haven't spoken in tongues in a long time. You haven't been in the prayer room long enough. <laughs> You're missing the prayer meetings too much. <laughs> People are creating something in there. The wind of God's blowing in there. There's something happening there. <clears throat> and I got good news for you tonight. You can end up like the rest of the disciples. You don't have to end up like Judas Iscariot. Participate in the prayer meetings. Be worshipers. Be prayer warriors. Speak in tongues. Praise in tongues. Sing in tongues. Be the people of the wind. And speak the language of the wind. And you will see in this same Acts chapter 2, after they've been filled with the Holy Ghost, you know what they're doing? They're having prayer meeting. When they're persecuted, they're having a prayer meeting. <clears throat> when Peter gets bound in prison, they're having a prayer meeting. These people are praying people, man. They are people of the wind. They are people of the Spirit. They are supernatural people. Give God some praise. They are the people of the heavens. They talk with the tongues of angels. They talk like the, the language that God has with angels. They're not like anything the world has ever seen. But if we're not careful, that bag, instead of being a place of prayer and praise, can become our death trap, our casket. So God is telling you tonight in a practical way, pray. 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 Pray like you've never prayed. Because I feel like something is not about to happen. We are in the happening of God right now. 
It's not about to happen. We are there right now. It's 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 found. It's located in the spirit. We're there right. We are the people of the wind. And if we'll pray, guess what? Overcoming the flesh will be automatic. Brother Thomas, we're all spiritual people anyway. We Come on. We have a body. The spirit lives inside the body. You know who the real you is? The spiritual you. It's not what we see. It's not this flesh. It's not the carnal. That's not who we are. Who we are is we are people of the wind. We've got the wind inside of us. God breathed into Adam's nostrils the breath of life. You're carried along by the wind of the Spirit of God and the wind of your spirit. They come together in the midst of your soul, in your spirit. And God leads and guides you in this world. Come on, somebody. The body is how you relate to the, to the earth. Your spirit is how you relate to God. So I got to carry my soul and I got to carry my body where my spirit already is. I said you got to get your soul and your body where your spirit already is. Your spirit is already saved. Your spirit has the wind. The problem is, Paul said, I'm struggling. My mind, my soul knows what's right. I know the word of God. I know it's right. Come on, somebody with me here. But he said, there's a problem. It's a sin nature that's in me. But he said, who shall deliver me from this body of this death? Who's going to deliver me from this casket? He said, I thank God through Jesus Christ, my Lord. And he goes on and talks about the the life in the spirit and the law of the spirit and how that's the way you overcome all of that. Give God some praise. You were made to be people of the wind. When you got born again, you study your Bible. The Bible no longer calls you body, soul, and spirit. The, body, the Bible now calls you spirit, soul, and body. Before you knew Jesus, it was body, soul, and spirit. Whatever your body wanted, that's what you did. Whatever your soul liked, that's what you did. Are you with me? But when you got regenerated, that dead spirit inside of you came alive when the wind of God blew on it. And when the wind of God blew on it, it came alive at that moment. Now it's no longer what the body wants, what the soul wants, but it's now spirit, soul, and body. It's now wind. Look at your neighbor and say, it's now wind. Soul and then body. Give God some praise. I got good news for you tonight, church. You can end up like the rest of the disciples. You can be a prayer people. You can be a people of the spirit. You can be a people of the wind. You can talk the language of the wind. You can create praise and prayer in the house of God. And speak with the tongues of men and of angels. We don't have to end up like Judas Iscariot. 
we don't have to walk through life frustrated with our Christianity. If we'll just be people of prayer and fast, fast. You're having problems with that body? Fast. Come here, brother. Get that body. Come on up here, brother. Get that body like this. Say, you're not controlling me. I'm going to fast. I'm going to fast. I'm going to mortify the deeds of this body. I'm going to kill the deeds of this body. Because if I don't kill the deeds of this body, the deeds of this body are going to kill me. So I'm going to be. I might be skin and bones before it's all over with. But I'm going to be a man of the spirit. Because I don't want my body taking control of me, man. Because my body wants drugs. My body wants alcohol. My body wants cigarettes. My body wants marijuana. My body, come on, are you with me? Wants sin. It wants the darkness. It wants the sin. It's a death trap. So I, my spirit says, no, you get a control of that body. You don't let that body tell you what it wants to eat. You tell your body what you want it to eat. Your body says, I want this, I want this. Well, you, you, need to, you need to get some discipline. You need to get some control in the spirit. You need to let your spirit tell your body what to eat. It's about time to be people of the wind. See, God wants to work miracles. That's automatic for his kingdom. That's the way his kingdom operates. It serves miracles and wonders and visions and angels speaking in tongues, praying in tongues, praising in tongues, singing in tongues. What's in the way then? What is hindering his appearing? What's hindering his appearing in us is the flesh. But these men saw what Judas Iscariot's focus was. They saw his focus was for the now. They saw that man was a man of the flesh and a man of the earth and not a man of the wind. And they made sure they didn't end up that way. And so no matter what came their way, they prayed. They got together and they prayed. Persecution didn't matter. They prayed. They prayed. They prayed. They did that. Ah. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. I'm telling you right now, church, God is on the move. God is on the move. We have to be willing to be led by the Spirit. <clears throat> if you'll be led by the Spirit, you will see the miraculous, the supernatural 
manifestation of Jesus. Look at me for just a minute. I want to just tell you just something. When the Lord comes to us and tells us to lay it all on the line, he tells us that for a reason. Judas was a taker. The rest of the disciples, as you read through the book of Acts, they were not only prayer warriors, but they were givers. Judas a taker, they givers. And when they were led by the Spirit to lay it all down on the line, they laid it all on the line. They gave their real estate up. Come on, somebody, where Judas kept his. I'm not telling you, any, I'm not telling you to give it up. I'm just saying to the Spirit, listen to the Spirit, listen to the wind. God told us to put it all on the line not long ago. He said, you put it all on the line, man. We said, all right, Lord, we obey you. Whatever you tell us to do, it's yours anyway. <clears throat> well, I just got a call yesterday. And I'm going to tell you this so you'll pray. I got a call yesterday. From the real estate agent on that property over there. And there is a man in Lubbock that has already told her it's as good as sold. So I'm here to tell you to walk in the spirit. God is a supernatural God. And when he tells you to lay it all down on the line. You got to do what the spirit tells you. Even if your flesh doesn't like it. Because my God keeps his words and he brings it to past. Give God some praise. And so I'm asking you to pray because I need wisdom. Because here's what the offer is. They said, we'll offer you 100000 for that whole big lot up there, or we'll offer you 100000 for the small lot in front of you. They said, it's as good as sold. So I need you to pray. And, and, and I believe that I had direction from God as to what to do. All right, but I, I, come on, church. You're a part of this church, and you need to be praying because God's on the move. God is fulfilling. He's bringing his word to past. Right now, I said he's bringing his word to past. And he's been telling us over and over and over that he's about to turn this thing around. He's been telling us. He's been putting us through the test. He's been putting us through the trial. He said if we want to lay it all down, he's about to bring it to past church. His word is about to be fulfilled in this house. Give God praise. See, when things are starting to turn around for you, it's easy to be praying. And it's easy to be praising. But if Jesus Christ does not do what you want him to do, Judas Iscariot, 
If Jesus doesn't overthrow the Roman Empire like you want him to overthrow the empire, then you will betray him because you did not get your way. But I got news for you. It's not about getting my way or getting your way. It's about God having his way in my life. That means if I got to lay down my life and die, so be it. If I lay down my life and die, I will then yet live. Give God some praise. So I thank God for you tonight, church. When you've gone through some very difficult times, times and trials and tests in your life, you haven't stopped praying. I'm telling you, it's easy to pray when everything's going your way, but you've got to get the spirit of the apostles that says, I'm going to pray, I'm going to praise, even when I don't see it happen. I'm still going to believe God. Because God is in control of everything anyway. Hallelujah. And you know what? They called me up. I said, okay. 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 Uh, I said, are you excited? Yeah. Yeah. Just like that. You know why? Do you understand what I'm telling you right now? Because I'm not surprised. I said, I'm not surprised. If God said it, God will bring it to pass. If God said it, his word will be fulfilled. If God said it. And if this don't work out, that's not going to shake me one bit. Because if God said it, it's going to come to pass. He's an awesome God. He's in control of everything. He's in control of the timing of all events. He's in control of all things. It's called walking by faith. It's called, it's called walking in the spirit. And we hear in foreign countries and nations... Where angels appear to men and women and take them out of their dilemmas. We read about the dead rising from the dead. And we say, wow, that's neat. But then we read about why that's happening. They had to walk by faith totally. They had to pray every dollar in. I said they had to pray every dollar in. They had to pray every payment in. They had to pay every piece of bread in. They had to pay, pray every piece, of, every bowl of soup. They had to pray their bowl of soup in. They had to pray their beans in. They had to pray their tortillas in. They had to pray their gas money in. They had to pray everything they got. They had to pray it in. If they didn't pray it in, it's not coming in. You gotta learn to pray it in. You gotta pray it in. You got to get a place in prayer. You got to get a prayer meeting if it's all by yourself. And you got to say, okay, God, I'm praying it in right now. I'm praying in. I'm praying finances in right now. I'm praying my healing in right now. I'm not going to trust the flesh to get me out of this one. I'm going to pray it in. And then I'm going to stand up and praise the Lord. Look what the Lord has done. 
And that's the kind of people that God is raising up in this hour. People of the Spirit that have to pray everything in. To pray it in. Give God some praise. You can't walk this walk by willpower. You can't walk this walk by just knowing what's right and knowing what's wrong. This is a walk of the wind. And having said that, you know what the wind is like, don't you? The wind is invisible. It blows where it wants to blow. You can't see it. But all you can do is hear the sound thereof. So if your focus is fleshly and carnal, and only what you can see, you can't be the people of the wind. Because the wind is invisible. And only people who walk by faith access the dimension of the wind. Lift your hands and give God some praise. He is awesome. Don't take his word lightly anymore. He is faithful that promised. He's faithful that promised. I said he's faithful that promised. We are not about to see it happen. We are in it. It's already here. It's here. It's here. It's here. It's time to praise Him. It's time to worship Him. It's time to offer Him thanks. I tell you, church. He's spoken to us time after time, church service after church service, and given us specific directions and instruction. He's an awesome God. There's nobody like Jesus. I said there's nobody like Jesus. There's nobody like Jesus. There's nobody like Jesus. Nobody like Jesus. Don't let any man take your crown. Let no flesh take your crown. And if you don't have a prayer life tonight, practically speaking, get up in the morning. If you can't spend an hour in prayer the first day, first week, spend 15 minutes. But get consistent. Every morning, get consistent. At lunchtime, pray. Pray all day. While you're working, pray. While you're playing, pray. Whatever you're doing, pray. Pray. Be a person. Be a man. Be a woman of the Spirit by prayer and praise. And be the keeper of the bag that holds the instruments of the wind. In Jesus' name.